Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. And this episode's really exciting for me because it is a first because I have two guests on the show today for the very first time. So I can't wait to kick off the episode and have you experience it alongside me for the first time as well. And before we start on today's episode and before I introduce our awesome guests, I was so overwhelmed in the best way by the response to last week's episode around my L&D entrepreneurial journey. And it's so inspiring to hear from so many of you. My DMs were blowing up on LinkedIn about how many of you are either considering starting a business, you have a side hustle that you're trying to grow, you're trying to decide between finding a new job and starting your own business or starting your own side hustle. And so it was so incredible to hear from so many of you um, and to have so many of you join the LNDEO program, which I did announce at the end of last week's episode. So for those of you that didn't listen or didn't make it to the end, uh, last week I did announce LNDEO, so kind of like LNDCEO, <laughs> a little play on, play on letters there. And it's a small group business coaching program. So I'm only taking a handful of people through this program. It's 16 weeks long and it's for freelancers, coaches, consultants, for y'all who are in the L&D space in that, in that area who want to either grow your business, maybe you have something already that you've thought of or a side hustle that you want to grow into something bigger, or if you want to start a business. So start from, from ground zero and, and work your way up. And what's been incredible is that we've already had quite a few people sign up for the program. And I'm having some pre-calls and pre-coaching calls with people who are in it just to give you all advice and get you set up for success before we even start. And one of my clients who we've had two pre-coaching calls for 30 minutes each kicked off her business on Thursday and already has eight consultation calls lined up. This is as of, as of Friday had this, <laughs> so it could be more from now, but eight consultation calls lined up and has signed a full coaching client. So she's already on track to make all of her money back and all of her investment back in this program before the program even freaking starts. <laughs> and I'm teaching you the exact strategy, like step by step by step that I use to go from zero dollars at the end of December, working in a full-time role, toxic organization, desperately trying to get out, making zero dollars at the end of December 2020 to multiple six figures by the end of December 2021. I was able to leave my job three months into working with my coach and getting really clear in my business. And I did it without the hustle, right? I wasn't working 100 hours a week, I wasn't running around with a, like a chicken with my head cut off, right? I was very, very intentional and I'm gonna teach you to do the same. So if you've been considering starting an L&D biz, if you're a freelancer, 
consultant, a coach, you know, or you want to grow your business without hustling like a crazy person, please DM me. We'll get you set up for this incredible program. Again, it's going to be 16 weeks. It includes weekly calls with me. Uh, you get four one-on-one -on -one coaching calls as well. So one a month per for the entire program, uh, as well as an incredible community of people who are in the same situation as you growing their business. And there's nothing better than having that joint support. So DM me for more information. I am doing early bird pricing right now. Um, once this officially, officially launches with a website page and all that fun stuff um, it will go up significantly so if you are interested uh, please reach out to me I can give you that early bird pricing um, payment plans do uh, do exist also so that is that and I'm so pumped for that program and I can't wait to see you in it and let's get on to today's episode so I am joined by Lock Nguyen and Damani Musgrave and they are the founders of the online community Beyond Zed Collaborative so Beyond Zed brings together thought leaders in the L&D space and beyond to focus on collective learning and rewriting the narrative along the way. Both Locke and Damani are seasoned pros in the L&D and customer education space, and they really saw a need for a more creative way to collaborate and learn together. So I know you're going to learn so much from, from them in this episode. Um, for those of you that haven't listened before, uh, Locke has joined, joined the podcast before. So uh, episode 26 is, is with Locke, and we go into his story as well. But I'm really excited for you to listen to the show and to get to know Locke and Damani even better. Locke and Damani, I'm I'm so excited to have you both on the show. So this 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 show is a show of firsts for me this episode. Um for a couple of reasons. The first, the first first is that Locke, you are now the first guest I've ever had on the show twice. So that's like Hi. the first first. So you have now that's been bestowed upon you. Um, and the second first, which is weird to say, but is that I've never done a podcast interviewing two people at the same time. So this is an episode of first for me. So welcome. Thank you both for, for joining me on this journey today. Yeah. Right so on. Sorry. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to dive in. We have a lot, lot to talk about and especially having both of you on, you know, it's going to be exciting to, to really dive in, but before we get into our topic around the idea of thought leadership, I'd love for you to both share your stories on how you ended up where you are today. So Damani, since it is your first time on the show, I'll let you go first. Oh, sure thing. And thanks so much, Sarah. It really is a pleasure talking with you today. Um, so yeah, my name is Damani Musgrave. I'm the son of two educators. I'm the son of an immigrant. And so growing up, um, education was extremely critical to my success. It mattered so much to me. And my parents got me excited about learning from a very early age, whether it was gardening and the natural world, languages, history, math, computers, martial arts, like anything that I was interested in or curious to dabble in, they really supported and nurtured that curiosity. And I really feel that that, that nurturing of my curiosity has carried me through to this very day. Um, and so working in computing support for several years right out of college, um, I pivoted into training and I really haven't turned away from that to, uh, from software education and training. Um, I've been a traveling in-person trainer. I've done a couple of uh, training programs, launched uh, a couple of those for an LMS vendor named Skilljar. And I've worked at some very interesting remote startups. For all of this time, I've always been seeking a way to launch a business that might be meaningful 
and might help others. And so I met Locke uh, while working for Skilljar and we really clicked and fast forward a couple of years and now we're helping to develop this awesome initiative that I know we're both excited to talk about today. So thanks so much. Yeah, that's so exciting. And Locke, you've been the subject of an entire uh, episode before, so you don't have to go into major detail about, about your story. And, and everyone, uh, Locke is on episode 26. So if anyone wants the, the nitty gritty, the down and dirty on Locke, uh, you can get it on episode 26. Uh, but since I last interviewed you, which was only a few short months ago, although time is just flying, you've had some career changes yourself. So tell us a little bit about what's transpired since the last time we had you on the show. Yeah. So since the last time we spoke, I have taken on a really big job and responsibility, I guess you could say, at a company called Hawthorne Effects. So I'm there building out the education program, the community, and really building out the thought leadership that helps that community thrive and grow. And so um, the day job is certainly keeping me busy, um, but that's not uh, preventing me from working with Damani and the folks at Beyond Zed and, and really building out another community of sorts, a community of educators and folks who are um, intelligent about the, the art and the craft of learning, but also at the same time, super excited about learning itself, just being people who enjoy learning. And I'm certainly one of those folks. And so it's... Uh, it makes it easy you know, to spend that extra time in the evenings or during the weekends uh, when Damani and I have our meetings. And it, it makes it super easy to just, just get energized for this particular purpose and to drive this forward. That's incredible. And but before we, we really get into thought leadership, we were chatting before we hit the record button about the power of networking, right? And, and I asked both of you, you know, how did you come to, to know each other? And you talked about how, and, and Damani, you touched on it when you were giving your intro about how you had formed this relationship, both working at past companies that those two companies work together and in a partnership and how you stayed in touch and stayed connected. And we were really talking about the power of, of networking, but not just networking to network, right? Networking from a place of service. And so, you know, we'll talk more about that today, but it was really beautiful to kind of hear how that, that transpired uh, as well. So we'll talk more about it, but I wanted to, to bring mention to, to the power of networking when you're doing it from a place of selflessness and a place of learning, which we'll talk a lot about today too, uh, and what can then come from as my mom always says, having a servant's heart and wanting, wanting to serve too. So before we, we dive into kind of what you all are doing at Beyond Zed, because there are so many incredible things there, I want to, I guess, get a, a more clear definition on thought leadership, right? So it comes up a lot. It's a buzzword, right? We hear it a lot. So I want to talk about its, its place inside of L&D, but First, would love to hear how each of you define thought leadership. So, Locke, why don't you go ahead first with your definition, then Damani, I'd love to hear how you, you if it's the same or different. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a great way to start this conversation. And, you know, honestly, to me, there are two forms, at least two forms of thought leadership. There's the thought leadership uh, where you're, you're talking about your craft and you're talking about the, the techniques and the skills required to be really great at your craft. And then there's a thought leadership that I sort of lean towards, which is thinking outside of the craft and connecting the dots that people haven't necessarily connected. 
And so an example of that is the way I see education these days is not necessarily in terms of instructional design or even learning experiences, but just what you get out there in the world, like on YouTube. One of the one of the, the things I've written about and shared is the fact that I think Anthony Bourdain, whether he meant it or not, is one of the best educators of our time. And so some folks haven't really ever seen it from that perspective. And so when I mention it, you know, some, some people are like, wait a minute, that's true. I learned so many things just from watching his shows over the course of the years. And, and that's what I mean when I say connecting the dots, right? Those shows were out there. Anthony Bourdain was out there. He still is out there to an extent. Um, but to connect him with education and learning, that's, that's to me, is, is what thought leadership is about. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah, there's not much that I can really add to that. I think I would highlight the value of curiosity within that. Um, and, you know, I think that curiosity beyond your comfort zone really benefits those um, who want to call themselves thought leaders or try to pursue that that route because you know there's there's an immense amount to learn and to know and however long a person might spend learning something and practicing something and getting really great at it there's still an immense amount for them to learn so I think that curiosity and also humility to share with folks instead of saying I know all this and you should listen to me because I'm great it's not about that it's about the learning it's about the content that's out there um, that, that's where I throw over there as well that's incredible. I just jotted down what you wrote, you know, curiosity, but beyond your comfort zone. And I think a lot of people, and we'll, t I want to ask your advice a little bit later, but a lot of people get caught up on that word of, of thought leadership and feel that in order to be a thought leader, you need to be an expert, right? But it's not so much about being an expert. I, and this theme has been coming up over and over and over again. I was just texting uh, this morning with a good friend of mine, Heidi Kirby, who you both, uh, I think mm -hmm. at some point might, might have crossed paths with. And we were talking about just that need for people to feel like they're the expert in order to speak on something. And Damani, you captured it beautifully of like thought leadership is really that curiosity beyond your comfort zone and being able to share that and have that humility with other people. Like I have chills, just, I, I wrote that down. I'm like, that's going to be a sound, <laughs> sound bite for sure. So when, when you oh. said you didn't have, have much to add, you, you did, don't worry. <laughs> oh, that's kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So when people hear the word thought leadership, right, people roll their eyes and has a bad rap. You know, why do you think that term has a, a bad rap? Damani, I'll, I'll shoot that over to you. For sure. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes, um, and maybe it's also um, very much the case in this in this world that we're in right now, where there's a lot of um, a lot of folks are putting themselves out there and trying to be seen in a spotlight. In some cases, I think sometimes thought leadership becomes opinion leadership. And it's like, well, look what I know and look what I want to do and how smart I am and all that stuff. And I, I know that I'm sort of reiterating what I kind of said there a second ago, but, you know, like there's that adage, like if we have the data, let's go with the data. But if all we have is opinions, let's go with mine. Like that stinks, you know, but that's, it's very easy to fall into that trap. Um, and so I think that um, the, some of the greatest, I shouldn't say greatest, but some of the thought leaders that I've really come to love are folks that, um, that I have come to respect as well are folks that just lead with that humility and that curiosity. Um, they point out the stones in the path that trip them up without criticizing folks for not seeing them themselves. You know, um, I think that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. You know, just to kind of add to what Damani said, I, I think that, 
you know, thought leadership to me, it, it means being vulnerable as well in the sense that you have to have the courage to say what's on your mind and, and to speak your truth without wanting someone to reciprocate it and give you a thumbs up or give you, you know, 10 likes on LinkedIn or whatnot. And it's, it's the courage to speak up that makes you a thought leader. And, and it's also the fact that when you speak up, you're probably wanting to say something that's new that hasn't been said before. And that's a part of thought leadership as well. You know, just kind of taking someone that someone has said or written and just making it your own doesn't make you a thought leader. It just makes you someone who's just sharing somebody else's knowledge. And so that, that I, I think is a huge difference in terms of some of the thought leadership that's out there uh, versus the things that we want to do here at Beyond Zed. Yeah, I think it's great. And I mean, let's go right into that. So tell us about the community. So you are, you have created and are creating and are sharing also, I think going back to what makes thought leadership so wonderful, sharing the process of creating Beyond Zed. So tell us about this community, you know, what led you both to, to want this? Where did you see the need for it? Uh, I'll, I'll start and Damani can, can really add color to it because he comes from uh, this community development process from a different perspective, which I think is really great. It makes us a really good uh, sort of one-two combo. Uh, but for me, you know, I I don't know. I just realized one, one day, not so long ago, that I have such an affinity for learning. I always have. Um, but that affinity never developed in me until I was... I guess in college, you know, when I was younger, I I never really read an entire book all the way through, even going through school and English class and, and all those uh, type of classes where, you know, you're assigned uh, homework in terms of reading and, and novels and such. I never finished a book and I, I couldn't do so because I never had that curiosity that Damani speaks about very often. You know, I never had that desire to learn. I just felt that it was a task to, that I had to get through in order to get a good grade in school so that I can, I guess, do it again the next year and then the, the following year. <laughs> um, so I realized that, hey, I, I've been trying ever since I, I learned how to learn. I've been trying to learn so many different things about so many different people, so many different topics. And so it struck me that perhaps there are other people that feel the same way. And perhaps those people would actually want to get together and perhaps they want to see, they want to see to it that learning is still a thing in this world that just because we have some issues with education and teachers and administrators, that doesn't mean that learning isn't one of the most important things in this world. And so I wanted to build a community of people who felt the same way, who had the same thoughts. And I just did it one day. I just built something and then Damani came along and all these other people came along and now we're talking about it today and so it's reassuring to me that there there is a community of people out there who care quite a lot about the 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 curiosity that goes into learning and and development and discovery and so that's kind of where we're at and we're we're just gonna ride the wave and continue building yeah, man. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, once again, I don't have a whole lot more to kind of Come on. add on to there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I've been exposed to and inspired by, 
some really incredible stories of learning in my life and they're not about me you know um i uh, uh a septuagenarian 70 plus year old um gentleman who i managed who i was fortunate to meet um in an intensive study japanese course and people will tell you that you know after you get past high school or whatever you're too old to learn the language this dude was rocking it and he just inspired all the rest of us like we can learn a new language at any age for any reason just for the fun of it um there are so many so many you know that i just have been exposed to so many people who just knock down the expectations of what you might think a person could learn and could be able to do that when i really heard what Locke wanted to build here in this community that really was focused on nurturing stories of learning and that ability to do that it's just you know it was really something that i truly wanted to pour energy into um because those stories have energized me they've made me believe more that i could do or expect more of myself and i think that that same thing can happen for others so if we can share uh, you know this inspiration with folks and how to um, learn and do these things i really i really truly believe this is the moment to do that especially with the great resignation happening and so many people wanting to pivot careers and do new things i think there are a lot of folks out there who are telling themselves i can't do x or y or z i can't learn to program or i can't become a senior executive whatever it might be you can you can <laughs> you really can do that it's just a matter of finding the right way and some inspiration uh, that's a really beautiful way of putting it too right and it, i think it keeps going back to that that idea of how do you become curious beyond that comfort zone and for a lot of people i can't is their comfort zone i can't do this i can't do that this and and there are so many scales of, of privilege that goes along with different things, right? So we're talking on a spectrum here, but we all have the ability to be curious and we all have the ability to say, okay, wow, zero to a hundred seems really scary, right? Zero to senior executive or zero to programming, but what's the next right step that I can take to learn what programming is, what different types of programming there are, right? Like how can I start to almost chunk it down for myself into these more manageable learning goals and then have the curiosity around that smaller piece too. And I think you all are, are bringing back the joy in learning. Uh, and that's, that's something I think that is, has been missing. And I especially, you know, Locke, we, we talk about this a lot in, in the, one of the communities we're in learning cluster design, but about, you know, how do we start moving from the idea, you know, that not all learning is training. And I think what you all are doing there is really helping live out that mis mission beyond, you know, it doesn't have to be a course or locks your point, a, a thick book that there's so, so much more that everything is learning. And so I've said for years, everything is learning right now. I'm learning. I look outside. And I'm like, what tree is that? Let me Google it. I learned something. Right. So, so with all of that being said, what do you hope that Beyond Zed accomplishes? That's a great question. I would say that's a, sort of work in progress in terms of, you know, <laughs> our, our mission and our end goal here. But, uh, you know, one of the pillars of this community and going back to our original conversation uh, before we started recording in terms of servant leadership, and that that's my preferred term to kind of uh, articulate what this is all about, right? I I would love to have a place uh, and a community that's built on behalf of others. So, you know, we, we are 
wanting to be thought leaders, but we want to serve folks with that thought leadership, right? We want that thought leadership to, to develop them into better educators, into better thinkers, so that as a community, as a collective, you know, we can really, like you said, bring back that joy of learning. And, and that, that's a term that our friend Adam Stone had, has shared with us a couple weekends ago. And I thank him for that because it really triggered something in me in terms of, you know, what, what are the, what's the terminology or what's the, the tagline we can use to really explain what Beyond Zed is all about. And, and I would say the joy of learning is definitely one of the top candidates, you know, moving forward because, you know, I, I actually have a couple kids who are going through elementary school and I, I saw them through my wife and I, we saw them through COVID and zoom learning and all that. And I feel as if the joy of learning dissipated throughout that process, you know, it became just something they had to do. Just like, you know, at work, we have to jump on Zoom meetings and it's one after another after another. And they they started seeing school in that light, in that in that way. And it was unfortunate. And and so yeah, I mean, if if we if I could somehow bring back the joy of learning to an extent and to share that with others and and then to enable others to then share it with with their audiences and their communities then perhaps we're moving up the needle a little bit and then we're kind of getting things back to where, you know, perhaps where they should be. Imani, what about you? What do you hope it accomplishes? I, I really have already loved some of the energy that's been coming from this. And um, folks, again, you know, we've got the great resignation happening now. And I think a lot of folks are just trying to figure out like what's the next step for themselves. Um, and so I think that the energy around um, curiosity and around sharing, you know, in our Slack group for Beyond Zed, we share like, oh, check out this video and learn about this thing. And it's just getting little nuggets of, of curiosity and nuggets of, of, of learning that, that we're kind of bouncing around. That is a wonderful thing. I think another is figuring out like, I'm, I'm a big toolkit person. I love to have my hands in software, uh, you know, whether it's, Camtasia or beyond, whatever it is, the, the tools of creating educational content. And that has been, this conversation has been exposing you to a lot of new tools. Sarah, a few weeks ago, and I guess this was back in May, but you interviewed the CEO, the founder of Seven Taps. Um, mm -hmm. And her tool is super interesting. I didn't know anything about it um, outside of a couple of weeks ago. Um, super interesting. Even just yesterday, Locke and I were talking about uh, a virtual coffee break that we're scheduling for this coming week. And he mentioned, this is tool called Miro, and it's really awesome. I knew nothing about it. Now I know a lot about it, and it's super interesting, you know? So as sort of that software geek and stuff like that, that's the other selfish thing I'm getting out of this. I'm learning a lot of tools and starting to be able to share those with other folks, what are good things to use um, that are easy to learn, easy to use. That's incredible. And that's the power of creating communities, right? And, you know, I, I mentioned this in a couple of their podcast episodes, probably talking to other people, but for a while I was getting down on myself for not learning. And I found that I was in that old traditional mindset of, well, learning means getting a certification or learning means focusing on one thing in particular and becoming an expert at it. And it, it took me some time to really unpack that thought that I had around, wait a minute, what I'm doing here, having this podcast, 
every single time I talk to someone, I learn something new. And it's going back to what we were talking about before, like the re redefining of what and reprogramming of what we actually think of, of what we society tells us learning is and what learning actually is. And it sounds like you are doing a really beautiful job. And I know you're still at the beginning stages of bridging that gap, right. Of, of what's been told, what has, what have we been conditioned to think what learning is and what learning can be and, and really being able to bridge, bridge that gap. So when you think about thought leadership, why do you think kind of going back to bringing that joy? So I think it's a good segue. Why do you think it's a crucial part of how we learn and grow as humans? I can jump on that one. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, cool. Yeah, I think thought leadership to me is an example. So, you know, if, I, if I'm sitting in a classroom or whatever, I'm talking to somebody who's experienced something, hopefully what I'm gaining from talking to them or hearing them is, you know, I realize whatever they did is possible. They were able to climb that mountain. They were able to learn whatever language that was. They were able to program those things. And maybe they share how they did that. I know that it's possible because they're sharing their experience. Uh, you know, um, personally, I stand on the shoulders of giants. I am um, nothing compared to the challenges that my parents had to go through. My father, as I said, was an immigrant and having to come to the country through education. That is what launched him to this country. And my mom, when she was 17, she traveled to the jungle in Ecuador to live with and learn from native peoples. And like, that takes courage. You know, when she was 17, like I didn't even have a driver's license at 17. Um, that takes courage. So uh, I think thought leadership also lets you know, like if you respect those thought leaders, that tells you that you can do those things. You can even do more than, than they were able to accomplish. Um, and I think that that's, that's really important to the human condition because there is, again, so much to learn and so much to explore. You don't have to start from the beginning if you if you follow thought leaders, you can explore even farther than they were able to than they were able to reach. Um, so yeah, that was that would be one um, that comes to my mind. I think um, it's just crucial. Also, I, I'm also a big gardener, and I sort of visualize it in this way. Um, thought leaders uh, are sort of like the stems and the branches. You know, they've flowered already, and when you learn from them, you, it's your opportunity to grow new branches and to grow new flowers and that sort of thing. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of a weird and loosey goosey kind of analogy, but it is how I think about this overall kind of practice of learning. It's beautiful, Locke. What's your yeah. what's your add on it? Well, you know, I think where thought leadership is really going to play a crucial role is in expressing the fact and expounding on the fact that the way learning is structured in today's world, the paradigm that we use to think about learning, I don't think it's working. Maybe part of the time, perhaps, but there are a lot of people who are not being productive learners because the original model, the paradigm that we're using is an ineffective way of thinking about learning, especially in today's world. It's about to be 2022, right? And so I've been talking to a good friend of mine, Professor Phil Tran. He teaches up here in the Bay Area at the, at the College of San Mateo, and he's talking to me about learning in the metaverse, you know, kind of taking technology, taking the, the, the way that 
kids and even adults are seeing today's world and applying those methodologies to learning versus sticking with things that we've been doing for the last 20, 30, 50 years, right? And and I think that's where thought leadership really comes into play is is being able to to say, hey, let's 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 kind of take a step back. This isn't working. I'm I'm okay with saying to the world that this isn't working. I believe it's not working. And so what what do we have to do? You know, we, we what do we have to do in order to to start thinking differently? I think we have to just come to an agreement or at least consider for a second that perhaps we have to change things, perhaps things have to evolve. And then that's when the conversations open up about different ways of potentially teaching in the future. What about holding classes in the metaverse? What about doing things on YouTube purely as a learning experience and not having to worry about textbooks or PDFs or, you know, training that goes on and on and on and does nothing for the, the individual. So, um, yeah, I guess long story short, I think thought leadership combined with technology and the tools that are available to us in today's world, that's going to really drive us forward. Uh, it's, it's interesting how you brought up the metaverse. I just interviewed last week, Dr. Luke Hobson. So I don't know if either of you are familiar with him, but he uh, is an instructional design leader at MIT and had a really amazing path and has a book out and all of these great things. And uh, But he, we were talking a lot about learning in the metaverse and and being prepared for that and excited about it too, right? I think, I think what happens is, is we have this almost like we just watched the original West Side Story last night. So that's in my mind, but like, kind of like, these, like these, these two groups, right? These opposing groups. It's like, you have your kind of a traditional, like heels in the sand. Yeah. Doing the dance, right? There's a heel, like dig my heels in the sand. Traditional learning and has to be in person, has to be face to face, has to be in a classroom. And then you have people who are like, wait, to your point, right? Pause for a second. Wait a minute. We don't live in that world anymore. We, we live much more, we're much more closer than we all think, but, and that's what Luke and I were talking about, but we're much closer to the metaverse and that world than we are removed from the, you know, the, the old school traditional ways ah. of, of learning, right? Like we're, we're talking, that's to your point, we're using methodologies from 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, the metaverse is here, but also the reality is in the next five years, that's where it, it will all be. So we're stuck 90 years in the past, or there's that kind of that camp when all you have to really necessarily do is look a couple of years in, into the future too. So thinking about you know, to your point of why thought leadership is so important and Damani, something you said too, about kind of that proof of concept, right? So it helps people conceptualize, oh, the, and it's even neuroscience, you think about it, right? Your brain is seeing proof that this exists because your brain to save you, of course, will always say, look for the proof that it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. right? So give me that confirmation bias that this is not that I'm correct and that my traditional way is right. But when you start to hear more and more and look at those thought leaders who are saying, I've walked this path, I've experienced this, I've stumbled here, but that helped me grow this branch over here. Uh, to go back to your garden analogy, it's really powerful for even from a neuroscience perspective of these new pathways that are being created inside of people's brains that are starting to say, wait a minute, okay, this does exist. This is how you know the, the future can be. And someone else has walked that path. And I think a lot of people think in order to be 
a thought leader, you've had to have walked the whole path. Mm-hmm. And I always remind people, no one, like no one's ever walked the whole path. Like you, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. And I, I always like to use the yeah. analogy too, of you know, learning and development There's learning. We can use that to even be more broad of it's like the universe, right? It's constantly expanding. Mm-hmm. You can never know anything. You're never going to catch up to it. Right. And so what people get, I think, caught up on thought leadership or even sharing their own thoughts because they don't think they've done enough or have enough to say. And so for, for those people who are feeling they, they have something worth sharing, that's my opinion is everyone's walked a path and everyone can learn from the path that you walked on. There is someone who are, is one step, two step, three steps behind you and can learn from you. Um, so that, that's kind of my, my philosophy around it. But for, for someone who is hesitant about, you know, putting their ideas out there and stepping into, you know, maybe thought leadership light, you know, what is your advice to them to kind of come and join us? (laughs) Well, I can share my personal inspiration and uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, Seth Godin. He's one of my favorite thinkers out there uh, along with Simon Sinek. But Seth Godin talks about collecting dots versus connecting dots, right? Anybody can go and collect the dots. That's easy. But if you want to be a thought leader, and if you're you're inspired to be a thought leader, think of yourself as the person who's connecting the dots. And it makes it easy for you to, to then share because th- these dots are out there, these entities, these paradigms, these ideas are all out there. And so nobody owns them. Nobody owns the connection of those dots, and you can own them. And, and your thoughts around how to connect those dots is just as valid as anybody else's thoughts. And so if you're hesitant or worried about speaking your truth and speaking your voice, then kind of think about it in that perspective. And, and maybe then uh, it'll make things a lot easier for you. Yeah, I, I love that. I, yeah. Please, please, go ahead. Well, I wanted to pause there for a second in that idea of connecting the dots versus collecting the dots. And it made me think, I'm like laughing at my own self. It was going on in my head. But as a kid, we used to go to Chili's all the time. I love, love Chili's. Shout out to Chili's if you want to sponsor this podcast. Um, but I used to remember like on the kids menu, uh, you know, on the back, they would have, you know, the connect the dots to draw and, and you know, oh, it's a seahorse, you know, like cool. Um, and so it made me think about, I think so many people, are get probably when they, when they hear about connecting the dots versus collecting the dots, they resonate with that. But I think a lot of people think I have to connect all the dots, yeah. right? That in order to be a thought leader, I have to draw the whole seahorse. And it's like, no, the reality is you just need to get, you need, if you can show people how to get from dot one to dot two, you're a thought leader. And so Damani, like, and with, with that being said, like what, what comes up for you in regards to advice around, you know, stepping into that thought leadership if you're feeling hesitant. Yeah, I love that point that you just made and it makes so much sense to me. And it is like, just get curious. And what you just shared, Sarah, to me says like, we are all trying to make it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or you're a president. Rock and I were talking about this just yesterday. Like most CEOs, I'm guessing, are just like every other human being. Like we're just trying to make it work, you know? And to your point a second ago, you're average CEO may not know all of the dots in front of them or how to connect all of them. But the point is, I think a little bit of that uh, uh, courage to go forward, even though they don't have all those dots, you know, um, selected. So when I think about thought leadership, like you don't have to be, you don't have to have five 
PhDs or all these different things. You just have to be curious and you have to, I think, um, be interested in sharing what you've experienced so far because there's so many people that can learn from those things. And, um, and that kind of keeps you going. Pull those people forward from behind you and pull yourself forward from the folks that know more than you do. That's thought leadership in my mind. I love that. And I think, you know, there's, again, going back to the conversation I had earlier with, with Heidi Kirby, we were talking about how there's so much beauty in sharing the experience. Like you don't have to share a finished product with people. And in fact, when when you're able to share part of your experience and what you're going through, right. It, it also gives people a connection to you as well, that you're not just our, our, as Crystal Kodaki would say, a sage on a stage, right. Just Mm. spewing all, all of this, you know, gospel learning gospel that you're actually a real, real human. It's my partner and I are actually in the process of, of buying our first home together. And, uh, I'm writing a, a post actually was in the middle of it when we started, started, started recording, about the, all the parallels between searching for jobs and searching for homes and and all of those things. Right. And I don't have it figured out. I have no idea how to buy a home. Thank God I have a realtor who is yesterday. We sat and I'm like, okay, what's this step and what's that step? And, you know, going through all of those things. But the reality is when you can be, I think, vulnerable with people and curious and have that courage to say, I don't have it all figured out, but I did figure out this piece, right? That's what really, to me, when I see those thoughts, that's who I connect with the most. So like, oh, this is a real human who is also experiencing human things, but through their human experience, they're teaching me something that I didn't know from my human experience too. So I really love kind of bringing what both of you said together of just how do we connect those dots, bring people with us and then also tag along for the ride. No one has it, has it all, all figure out, figured out. Yeah. And I just want to kind of foot stomp the point that you made about sharing your experiences, because I think that is a modern paradigm for learning. Just the, the fact that you can share your learning experience is indeed a learning experience on its own. And I don't know if people have connected those dots quite yet because if you are someone who goes onto social media and you follow someone, let's say on their YouTube channel, they are going through an entire journey all on their own and they're just documenting it. Yet we're, we're, we're watching these experiences one episode at a time and we're learning something new as they learn. And none of these folks have it all figured out, right? They hadn't, like you said, sir, they haven't gone through the journey already and are looking back at it they're actually going through it in quasi real time and we should think about that as learning as well because what what's so wrong about lots of people sharing lots of experiences and allowing lots of other people to learn maybe that's the way we think about learning moving forward or at least one of the ways that we think about learning yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be some celebrity or some high-powered person in whatever career or sport or whatever the industry it is that we have to learn from. I think that learning from the masses, learning from other people, even through YouTube or wherever it might be, is so much more attainable in a lot of ways than someone with some huge title or some huge name, mm-hmm. um, because it makes it real for me. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing to think about the idea of coming together 
for the common mission of it's almost like you're democratizing learning. Yeah. You yeah, know, of like around a little bit. Yeah, there's no you know, it's, it's very, it's very much a, you know, my mom always says this too. Shout out to my mom for some, some sound bites this, <laughs> this episode, but you know, take, take, <laughs> take what you want and leave the rest, right. Where it gives you that ability to almost go shopping for the information you need and take what you need. But then also I needed this, but what can I, now, what can I give or what can I give? And, and it's like that, that give and take around learning where, you know, you're, you're part of your own process and part of other people's process too. So it's a really beautiful thing, what you're talking about. And it's not, the thing is, it's not hard, right? The actual, I always talk about this in job searching, right? Like the, the process, like the process is easy, but the journey is hard. And I feel like what you're talking about in, in theory, right? It's, it's, it's e- like easy. We're talking about just Mm-hmm. You know, putting your ideas out there, helping connect the dots. You know, where do you think the challenges lie in people adopting this more? I don't want to say modern. I don't like. I don't think that's an appropriate word here. But this more collaborative approach, this more democratic approach, I guess. You know, to to starting to learning and having that that type of learner, always learning mindset. Where are the challenges in in getting people on board with that? I would say mentality plays a huge role in all this. Um, when you said democratizing learning, that really struck a chord with me. I sort of interpreted it as making learning more accessible. Um, and be- I have that mentality because I have a special needs daughter who needs to learn differently. And I've spoken about Ella before. And so she is a big part of me wanting to make the process of learning much more accessible, not from a special needs perspective, but more so from a worldly universal perspective, right? Like you should be able to learn outside of the classroom, outside of school, outside of any particular environment. And I've seen that happen with her where she's learning in different scenarios through through different video content, through talking, with different folks who are, who actually are able to resonate with her from a more personal human centered perspective. So just having that mentality allows me to think differently in, in many ways and to open up my perspective quite a bit. And so I guess the challenge for, for Damani and I is how do we, how do we help people discover what drives them and how do we allow that to then leverage their future growth and their thought leadership moving forward. Definitely. Um, and you know, the other thing that occurs to me that um, I think holds people back from even trying this is the belief that there isn't enough time in my day to learn something, to learn this thing. And there isn't enough time in my life to learn this big thing that I would love to be able to do or be able to say or bend the mind by. Just this idea that it's not possible. And there's so many roadblocks that I could put in myself, psychological roadblocks to keep myself. I think, Sarah, you alluded to this earlier, to keep myself in that comfort zone of not knowing and not trying. You know, um, I think that, that is one of the biggest things that kind of holds people back from uh, from exploring. Themselves. Yeah, it's safe there. I've been using this. This, this has been coming up a lot with my, uh, with some of my coaching clients about, and I've been doing a lot of uh, 
a lot of research, I've been immersing myself into the idea of like how the brain works and neuroscience and like how that affects confidence and all of those things. But I was talking to, you know, some of my clients and noticing that, that stepping out of their comfort zone, you know, it's their, their fight or flight response is going off, but it's, it's remembering like, that is, that is your, your body saying, don't go into that jungle. There might be a tiger that's going to eat you. And it's reframing of like, wait a minute. I'm inside my air conditioned home. Uh, that's actually my backyard. And hopefully there's no tigers. Yeah, there's no tigers back there. Just two wild dogs <laughs> digging up my yard and, and eat, you know, eating my garden, right? And and it's just like re it's re-remembering of like, okay, that that's that that primal response, but I'm not in that primal situation. So what what it, what is this actually, right? This is just putting a post out there where this is just Mm -hmm. applying for a job. Right. And it's kind of going back to that mindset of like your body is protecting you. That's a great thing, but there is no, there's no tiger. Like it's, it's okay to, to do those things too. So it's a a lot of rewiring of, of the brains. There's a a big piece of that and it's that and kind of internal change management and all, all of those things too, but you all are doing such incredible work there and such a strong mission and passion that just exudes out of both of you. So I know people listening to this episode will want to know how they can join beyond Z. How can they be a part of this? So who are you looking for to be a part of this community? How can people join Tell us, tell us more about that. I actually had an educator, a teacher ask me if educators could join our collaborative. And it, it struck me that we haven't promoted this or positioned this the right way. And so this is an opportunity for us to really say that we welcome anyone and everyone that's interested in anything regarding learning, regarding just being good people, regarding leadership. I mean, if you're interested in making some positive change uh, in this world, then then come join us. And you can join us by going to gobeyondz.com. Uh, that'll, that'll access a sign-in page for you. Uh, you can join us on LinkedIn at Beyond Z Collaborative, the company page. You can connect with myself or Damani. I mean, many, there are really many ways and, and however you decide you want to connect with us is, is just fine with us. Awesome. I'll keep my eyes out for any carrier pigeons or anything like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone knocking at your front door? I'm here to join. Anybody um, knocking on the front door? No, really. Super open. <laughs> um, I will also put all of those links in the show notes too. So if anyone uh, listening is looking to grab those links that uh, Locke and Damani just mentioned, as well as the way to get the carrier pigeons. I will be sure to put those down there. So I am going to uh, ask you uh, one final question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. And it is, I think it's a very fitting question specifically for this episode of the two of you, but what is one thing that you are currently learning right now? Not sure. I'll jump in. Um, so I am reading a book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And um, it's a super interesting book. I picked it up um, a few years ago. I just haven't had a chance to really dive into it. But it is all about sort of time blocking yourself, especially at work, and giving yourself, really taking care of yourself and giving yourself that time to think quickly when you have to make very quick decisions and 
really get through things very quickly. And when you really have to sit back and think and give yourself that time to chew over your thoughts and the value of giving yourself um, time to do both, super important. Awesome. That was a really tough book for me to get through, but I, I managed to, I think it was get through those 500 pages. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You'll enjoy the rest of that book. Um, but for me, you know, what I've been trying to learn lately is actually how to broadcast live shows. Um, because I think that's another way to spread the word to help uh, show folks that learning doesn't have to be so compartmentalized, right? You can just broadcast a 10 minute show, let's say on LinkedIn and share some information or bring someone on board and, and, and share an experience. And so that that's what I'm working towards here uh, come early next year. And so I've been uh, deep into um, YouTube essentially just watching videos on how to broadcast, what tools to use, what platforms to choose and, and what hardware to uh, put together to make it all happen. Awesome. Well, we'll be looking looking for that thought leadership on, uh, on all those dots that you're connecting connecting for us. So, and thank you both for hopping on today. Again, it was an episode of first for me. So, Locke, thank you for coming back and spending even more time with me and Damani for for joining. And you know, you all, like I said before, are doing such incredible work. You are bringing the joy back to back into into learning. And as someone who is a part of the community, um, I can attest to on a unbiased perspective of you know just just seeing the. I think the best way to talk about it is the energy that, and the curiosity, I think like that's a word that we've kept uh, coming back to over and over again, the curiosity that happens in that Slack channel and the openness and the welcome, like the welcoming and the warmness that you all have created and, and just a short period of time. I mean, before we wrap up, I mean, how long, I mean, we're, it's December 13th. How long have you all been at this? I have for two months or something. Yeah. About two months, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So in just two months, right. Being able to have all this up and running and, and you're again, going back to kind of the, the, the process and letting us in on the process behind it. Right. That's what I think is bringing a lot of people to the table who want to join is, you know, Locke, you put that out there. You said, I want to do something. I don't know exactly what it is I want to do yet, but who wants to come along for the ride? And we're all like, we do. Like, yeah, we don't know what we're along the ride for either, but we're, we're here to, to learn from, from you all and to see you all connect the dots as well. So it's been as a participant and as an observer, it's been a really you know beautiful thing to watch what you two have, have put together. And I congratulate you. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, for sharing your community uh, with the overnight trainer community. I think we'll have a nice uh, uh, quite a few uh, crossover people after this episode goes live, uh, jumping into your community because they would be silly not to. So thank you both so much for your time today. And you know, Locke will have to do it a third time. And Damani, you're always, always welcome back. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sarah. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.